0: This is Ken Lubin, the host and founder of the Executive Athletes Podcast, and welcome to this week's episode. I want to thank everyone that's been listening, and thank you for the comments and feedback. They're awesome and an incredible help in this journey to making this podcast better and better each episode. Once again, this is unscripted and unedited, as I believe it, it is the best way to get to really know the guest. Today's guest is Ross Young. Ross is an experienced CEO and entrepreneur who founded, ran, and sold two technology analyst firms, Display Search and Young Market Research. He is now running another rapidly growing display market research, consulting, and events firm called DSCC. But in addition to being a CEO, he's an Ironman. And not only just an Ironman, he's an Ironman University certified coach. Who has completed 12 Ironman triathlons in four years. In 2016, he qualified for the Kona World Championships and completed a half Ironman in under five hours, four hours and 57 minutes to be exact. But he has this crazy story about completing the 2016 Kona race with multiple injuries, and we'll definitely jump into that. So Ross, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Ken. Happy to be here.
0: So Ross, tell us a little bit about who Ross Young is. You've you're figuring it out from all different angles. (laughs)
1: Um, Yeah, I'm somebody that uh, has learned that uh, the secret to uh, success in life is hard work. Um, So I've uh, an example. I was working uh, for my dad and his company went out of business. So I decided to start my own company at uh, 31 and um, And I was basically running two different startups at the same, I was involved in two different startups at the same time as one was failing and then I was starting another. And the company was focused on flat screens around the time that LCD monitors and then LCD TVs were taking off. So my timing was really good. And um, I grew the business very rapidly and uh, sold it um, about 10 years later. And during that time, you know, I gained a lot of weight um, you know, relative to where I was in college I put on about 70 pounds and even though I you know I just you know had an exit you know at 40 years old uh, was very successful business wise I felt like crap I wasn't wasn't healthy um, I wasn't getting outside I had no balance in my life so shortly after I decided to uh, retire and focus on Ironmans, um, because it was something I had wanted to do in college, had done a lot of small races in San Diego and LA. And in fact, I think I did 10 Olympics in one summer, uh, basically every week. Um, but I had never done an Ironman. I had seen the Julie Moss experience and actually eventually met her. Um, but I was very motivated to do that. I was one of the bucket list things I always wanted to do. And, and I, I decided to just go after it full time. And uh, after my very first Ironman, um, it, actually before I finished my first Ironman, I had already signed up for a second because I knew that you know, anything could go wrong. And I wanted to make sure I got, I got into these races because at that time it was very hard to get in. But anyways, I was so nervous in my, in my first Ironman, it was Ironman Florida in uh, 2012, that I was the last one in the water. I was just petrified of an ocean swim. And had no idea what I was getting into, had no coach. Um, I just got in pretty good shape and, and signed up. So I was the last one in the water. And then I started passing people and I felt really good. And, uh, and then I went for it on the bike, uh, went as fast as I could. And I'm like, man, this is easy. I'm going to crush this thing. And then about two miles into the run, I just felt horrible. Uh, just bloated, couldn't run, wanted to puke. Uh, just felt terrible. And uh, eventually, you know, got myself together with like 10 miles to go, and I finished. Uh, I think 11:45. Um, so I was really happy. Uh, it was a great moment. My family was there. I, was, I got uh, was super excited about it, and I and I started doing them every three months. Um, and interestingly, I repeated the same experience in the in each of the first four, where I was just really nauseous on the run, and I finally got a coach and learned about how I needed to uh, keep my heart rate down so I could digest the food that I was taking in on the bike so I would be more comfortable uh, and and able to run faster. Um, But yeah, I I did 11 of them. And and by the fourth year, I had gotten in pretty good shape and I was doing really well on the bike. And in in Ironman Florida, four years later, I was first off the bike and I ended up qualifying and uh, that was awesome. And then a few months later, I'm playing basketball with my son, who was about 16 at the time. And I like spin or something, and my core basically exploded, um, where my, I, um, I, I ruptured L4, L5 in my back. I tore the um, rectus abdominis adductor connection, which is known as a sports hernia. I tore basically the tissue across the pubic bone. Um, and in the MRI, they found a torn labrum. And uh, I had just qualified for Kona and now I had all of these injuries. And the uh, recovery from the surgery to repair any of those would be more than a year. And I, and I had uh, started having symptoms running where after I would run, I would have horrible groin pain. And that was related to both the, the um, labrum tear in the hip. And the sports hernia and um, I I had to make a decision whether or not to to race Kona or not and I didn't think I'd ever have another chance to to get into Kona so I decided to put off the surgery and race Kona with all of these injuries and then actually I started swimming a lot before the the race to try to get in shape and uh, I tore my labrum in my left shoulder I started having a lot of shoulder and neck pain um, and had, a few, had capsulitis and a few other things going going on with my shoulder, so there I was doing Kona with uh, two torn labrums and a sports hernia, and uh, but it was it was a, it was a great experience. Um, wasn't my fastest race by any means, but just to be out there to be part of the week long celebration, the Super Bowl of the sport, um, you know, it was a full circle moment um, and. And it was great, and you know, I would really love to do more, but I'm still suffering from some, some other hip issues on my other side now, um, and so I'm not able to run, but I'm able to bike and swim uh, all that I want.
0: So that's a, a, <laughs> that's an amazing story, right? And what about what was it like making that decision to say, "Hey, I'm injured, but I'm going to race"? What was going through your head? Talk to us a bit about that. And number one, number two, how did you compartment? compartmentalize the, the pain during the race?
1: Well, I had an injection in my head, <laughs> Perfect, which, which helped a lot. Better um,
0: living through pharmaceuticals.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I, I couldn't not do it because it had been my dream since I was 19. When I was 19, I entered the Kona lottery when they used to have that um, and didn't get in and had always dreamed of doing it. I finally realized that dream and I couldn't not do it. Um, so uh what was interesting about that race was uh being in the water um with helicopters flying all over you uh flying around you boats everywhere my, my family was actually on a boat and uh and, and just the excitement around it and, and trying to keep myself calm at that point I just remember like meditating to keep my heart rate down and then and then the cannon goes off and then you know you're 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 just pumped and I was swimming as fast as I could and I had a good swim. Uh, I was like 108, which was pretty fast for me at that time. And, uh, and then I got on the bike and I, I, I have done the bike ride from downtown Kona to Javi a few times. And so I knew what that was, but I didn't know that the race started off in the other direction. It was actually quite hilly. Uh, so I was not prepared for that. So my, it took me a while to get my heart rate down. And uh and shortly after that part of it, um, I knew it wasn't gonna be a great day for me on the bike. My heart rate was too high. I didn't have the power that I normally have because of these injuries, and I just needed to persevere. Um and it was getting past, and you know, I'm not used to, wasn't used to getting past like I was. I and mean, you have to realize you're with the, the best of the best, so you have to be humble. And then I started having uh heat issues. I mean, it is hot there. I mean, I live in Austin, Texas, and I ride in the summer here, but I I pick and choose the times I'm going to ride and try to avoid the 100 degree weather. But it is 100 degrees there. Plus, you have a headwind. In some cases, you could have a headwind both ways, up and down, Javi, because it it changes like midday. And then you have the the, uh, heat from the lava rock um, reflecting off lava rock and onto you and and i realized that i could blow this whole thing if i don't keep cool enough so i started stopping every 10 miles taking off my helmet and i didn't have the right kind of helmet uh to let in enough air so i was i was taking off my helmet pouring ice down on my head and and keeping myself cool because otherwise i knew that was the one way i wouldn't finish that race is if i passed out from heat exhaustion uh, but once I got off the bike, I knew I was gonna finish. I mean, I was not gonna let anything stop me. And, uh, and it wasn't a great run by any means, but the last few miles were really awesome. Just knowing that you're gonna finish and, and, and you know, finishing the most, the biggest race there is, and, and it was really cool.
0: What about, did you have lingering pain issues from your injuries that you sustained beforehand, and how did you deal with those?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I, what was really surprising to me was what was going on with my shoulder. I mean, there was a few long swims um, before Kona, uh, in, you know, at Kona, uh, celebrating different things. And, and I must have swam like two and a half miles and just wrenched my shoulder. And I guess that's when I tore my labrum. And I was getting PT every day that they had it set up before the race. And that was really bothering me. Um, but I, I felt like I swam okay. And then um, the labrum tear is just where I lost power and, and just had to accept it and just ride the best that I could. And uh, the run, you know, I was just thinking about the injuries the whole time. And labrum, labrum tears can really cause pain on the run. And I'm still dealing with it because I basically have a new tear on my other side. And I have bursitis and on that side as well. And then I retore my left labrum um, again Um, so running is really tough and so I had to run through all of that and uh, you know it wasn't as much running as I would have liked but uh, you know it was just the the, the idea of finishing I I wasn't going to let anything stop me and and it, it was a great experience to finish it
0: well, and that's, you know, that's the, the Olympics for the everyday man, right, is really what it yeah. is. They say, they say the same thing about Boston as well, because it's the only time you're ever going to be competing with the best of the world and on the same course with the same everything. And it's, a, uh, it's an exciting experience.
1: Yeah, Jan Ferdano, I believe, won it that year. And he passed, And I was running with him as I was starting the run. He was finishing the run. And, uh, and you know, so that was kind of neat for about 100 yards we ran together
0: <laughs> perfect perfect uh, yeah. there you go 15 minutes or 15 seconds of fame right you're yeah. you're there with the leaders i remember we were doing an adventure race a few years ago and we got a short course because we missed a cutoff and then all of a sudden that put us in the lead of the race and everyone's taking pictures of us they all think we're the winning team and we're like, hey, let's keep, let's keep rolling. So we became like the celebrities. Little did they know, they were you know, 12 hours behind everyone else or the leaders at that point. But take it when you can get it.
1: That's right.
0: So talk to us a bit about, though, you, know, you had mentioned before you get into this, and this is pretty inspiring that you're, again, 70 pounds heavier than, than you wanted to be. And how did you make that decision to say, hey, I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to make this happen.
1: Um, it was just something that, uh, you know, I really had wanted, you know, when I was in college, I was training for triathlons. I was really enjoying it. I got in good shape. And then, uh, you know, I, when I gained all that weight focusing on work, you know, I never forgot. Yeah. I don't think anyone ever does. You You don't forget how it felt and how, when you were in shape and how you looked and you kind of aspire to get back to where you were. Um, and, uh, and I decided I was gonna do that. Um, I changed my diet, I was exercising 10, 15 hours a week. I was on the bike a lot. Um, I was working out a lot. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's a, If you can afford it, it's a great lifestyle. Um, and, uh, and I wish it would have lasted longer. I mean, I, I basically gave up on that uh, lifestyle after I, got injured and had the surgeries, there was nothing for me to do. I couldn't train very much. Um, It wasn't, I had no goals to aspire to. Um, So I decided to go back to work and start another company. And that's been a lot of fun. And now that I'm feeling better, up until very recently, you know, I I started putting on, uh, putting out a lot of mileage again, uh, swimming a lot, biking a lot, and have achieved actually more balance than I probably ever have before. Um, because I I feel like both you know exercising is very important for the body and the mind Um, working uh, is very important for the mind you know I really like creating something uh, that didn't exist before and um, and so now I actually really enjoying this balance Uh, I wish I could compete although there's no races to compete in at the moment and you know I'll say never say never Uh, I was at the hip doctor last week and he told me that he's uh he has patients who have had total hip replacements and still compete in ironmans. Um, he says he looks the other way and doesn't recommend it but there are plenty of people that do that and that could get me back running again. Um and it, you know I had always heard that uh the problem with running after a hip replacement is if you have to replace the replacement it can be very painful and very difficult. But he says the technology keeps improving where it's really not an imposition for the patient. It's more, it just makes the surgery more complicated, but the patients are doing fine um, and continuing to run. So I would certainly like to survey more uh, patients who have have had that experience before making that kind of decision. Um, And I will probably put off a hip replacement for a few more years. He tells me I may need both, both hips, because I have arthritis in both hips, although it's kind of mild at this point. But uh, you know, never say never. That's the uh, the Iron Man mantra. Anything is possible. So um, you know, I, when I was 230 pounds, I could have never imagined finishing Kona, and qualifying for Kona. You know, the year before. So uh, you know, I certainly know that anything can be achieved if you work hard enough.
0: No. And you've now, and then you'll be bionic, right? You can have bionic hips, get a bionic shoulder. You'll be, you'll be ready to go.
1: That's right. I I'll, uh, metal detectors will be an issue at the airport but other than that you know i don't see any big problems
0: (laughs) no i think it's it's crazy because i know so many people that have had either hip or knee replacements and they're back ski racing they're back running they're back competing and it's almost like a new lease on life the fact that you go in there you get fixed you get either whatever the newest material is, is 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 thrown in you and it's like boom ready to go
1: yeah. It sounds very promising. I mean, the only thing that's holding me back is it doesn't bother me when I bike and I really enjoy biking. And, um, you know, I could live with just doing that with swimming and biking. There's that, that type of race is becoming more popular. And, you know, there are some, some, uh, challenges with, uh, with after hip replacements. Uh, you know, I've read about, uh, it makes scuba diving a little more difficult, uh, putting on the tanks and the weights. Um, but you know i think it's just a matter of having it done right and and doing rehab and getting strong in those areas and yeah i have to start doing a little more investigation into it but uh yeah i mean it's great that how far science is in medicine have, have come um, that allows people to to do those things
0: no and i'm sure some of the listeners too probably have some good resources as well that have been through some of the things that you've gone through right and believe me i've i've done the labrum shoulder thing and have competed with that and it's a uh you know sometimes but like you said it's you put your head down and you get through it and you make things happen i think it's sort of a metaphor with what's happening right now in the world of you know COVID land too sure what about um so when you were doing it and and talk to us a bit about training right what types of training were you doing Um, You had said you had retired, but were you doing it while you were working as well? Talk to us a bit about pulling all that off and and, and that balance piece.
1: Yeah. So when I was uh, basically retired or uh, training full time, the kind of frustrating thing was I was also really focused on recovery. So I would go for a four or five hour ride and then I would put on the recovery pump boots I would go get, um, um, what do they call that? I would, uh, I was going to those, uh, cryo, I was going to a cryo, uh, facility and doing that to recover. Um, you know, I was getting massages. I was doing the, um, not just the compression boots, but the, um, e-stem. Uh, so I felt like I invested a lot in recovery and was spending a lot of time doing those things, but you know, you can only put the body through so much. And so, you know, I certainly overdid it. You don't hear a lot about people doing um, four Ironmans a year, every year. You know, even when you talk to the pros, they, they say, um, you know, two is probably a good number. Um, you know, the shorter races, you, know, you can do a lot more of those. But, you know, I probably didn't allow myself to recover enough. I didn't really have an off season. I was just addicted. And I wanted to do it all the time. Uh it was so much better than working. <laughs> so I just wanted to be on my bike and swimming all the time. It was it was awesome. And uh and I was focused on recovery. Um so my biggest mistakes were probably not allowing my body to recover enough. Um so doing less uh was would have been probably a little better for me. Um so after a race, take a month off, not uh, two weeks off. Um that probably would've been better, and do you know two or three races rather than four races. But I just loved it so much. The the community um, is great. Um, it's it was a feeling of everybody's trying, everybody's encouraging everybody to finish. It wasn't about getting a Kona qualification as much as um, is just completing the race and seeing other people complete the race, and just the joy of of seeing other people finish and. know there's so many first timers at these races too and you can kind of absorb the enthusiasm that they have for their first finish and helping them across and uh it's just it's just a really great culture that they have created there um and uh and so i really i really love that and just wanted to keep doing it and it was a great way to see the world i was traveling to do races i did Cozumel twice. I did Cabo twice. I did Montreblanc. So I did, uh, five races overseas and or out of the U S and I had I had ambitions to do other races in Europe and Australia, New Zealand. Um, so it, it's, it's a very healthy way, uh, of course, to, to see the world and, um, and, and you know, I really, really enjoyed being a part of it, but you gotta, you know, at 50, at 50 years old, when it says when I qualified, probably a not a bad time to 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 slow down and do uh you know fewer races per year or shorter races
0: no i think and that's it right and it's it's hard because you sort of get that bug and you want to keep doing more and more and more and many people that race these races or other endurance races are are addicted to it right it becomes yeah. a and, it, and I don't know if it's an addiction. Well, it's an addiction, but <laughs> it's also a love of it as well, right? And I think that's the other piece of it is really understanding the love of, of that feeling of pushing yourself. And it's super exciting.
1: Yeah, and the one interesting thing is it's not like I, I remember a key moment for me was like watching 60 Minutes about these athletes who get older and they just get these body parts replaced. You know, get, you talked about a knee replacement. Um and they get their knees replaced and then they go back at it mm. and, and continue racing. And I was like, okay, that'll be me, you know. But then what happened with me is that everything fell apart at once. And so there's so many things that need to be repaired at the same time. Uh labrum, you know, hip replacements, um, uh, sports hernia, uh, you know, bulging discs in my neck, and my lower back. Um so it's a lot, and you know you can take the attitude of I'm going to get them replaced one by one over the next three or four years, or I'm going to try to do PT and, and rehab and get strong enough where I don't feel it as much. Um, and I think you know that's the the smarter path, and that's kind of the path that I'm on. It's ridiculous how much rehab I I do right at the moment on my own every day. Um, trying to get my shoulders back, trying to strengthen my hips. There's, I, have, I have like a, a huge binder of exercises that I've been told by, by doctors and physical therapists to do. And it's impossible to do them all in one day and just kind of rotate through them during the week. And then you know, I'll feel strong enough uh, to have a good ride and a good swim and, and um, it doesn't bother me too much. And still holding out, one day I'll be able to run again. Um, and, and compete in a triathlon. Uh, so yeah, you know, I think you just have to have a plan and, um, and, and just have achievable goals and, and get there slowly.
0: No, and I think those are, and, and that's the most important thing. I think everything, everything is doable out there, right? It's just yeah. having a plan, knowing what you're capable of, and, and then just sort of letting it rip because we're all going to run into issues along the way it's going to be injuries. It's going to be bike crashes. It's going to be equipment malfunctions during a race. And I was actually talking to someone about it yesterday. And when, when you see someone and you think their event is going extremely smooth, just remember it isn't. So (laughs) it's, uh, we're, we're all in that same boat, right? Something goes wrong, something, your shoelace blows out or something, you know, something as simple as that to, again, you know, you get injured and you fall and you crash but everyone's still sort of dealing with something along the way
1: yeah I mean I think you can't take these things for granted I mean I always thought every Ironman finish was a small miracle because there are so many things that can go wrong um, and I did a Ironman boulder and I had spent like a month in Colorado prior to the race and then the, the gun went off and within a quarter mile I realized that I had trained in Colorado for altitude but I hadn't raced really in Colorado for altitude so within like a quarter mile I was really struggling to catch my breath and I knew it was going to be a tough day and uh got on the bike after a you know a tough swim got on the bike and just it was a pretty fast course it was just and you know, I was just going for it and then there's these uh train tracks and they tell you to slow down for the train tracks and I thought I had slowed down enough, but I had loosened my crank somehow, or my bottom bracket. I loosened my bottom bracket somehow. and every revolution, I would hear this noise like a marble dropping. And so I had another 80 miles to go, and there's, you can't listen to music on your headphones. There's no cars, hardly on the road. And all I would hear was the sound of a marble dropping every time I turned the pedals and I was mentally just gone after that. I, I, was, I couldn't handle it. And then on the run, you're running through downtown Boulder and a lot of trees, and my tongue started swelling. Uh, I had gotten some sort of allergies um, and I went into the tent, the medical tent, during the race for the first time. And they told me, Um, you know, you may not make the cutoff. You may not finish the race. And I was like doing the math going, you know, these people are crazy. I'm definitely going to make the race. And then I started, you know, having pride and saying, God damn it, I'm going to finish the race no matter what. And, uh, and, you know, I finished, you know, well before the cutoff, but, you know, just that sort of challenge got me going. Um, And uh, yeah, you just don't, I mean, I had no, I was not expecting any of those things to happen. And, you know, you got to just per- persevere and put pride behind you and just, and just finish the race and, and uh, move on to the next one. And then the very next race I qualified. I felt like I was in the best race of – best shape of my life for that race in Boulder. And then and I was kind of being boastful before the race, and then all these things went wrong. And then I just knew I would go after the next race even harder and have the race of my life. So um you know you just have to uh keep keep working at it and you know don't let things get you down just uh that's and that's another reason why to do more than one race a year because you just don't know what's going to happen um it's a, a tiny miracle every time uh you can finish a race and so uh you know the more races you do the more likelihood you're going to have a good one
0: no and that's it right and also some days when you feel I can't tell you how many races at the beginning I felt like it was going to be the worst race of my life and and it becomes the best and then a lot of times you start off thinking it's to be the best race of your life and by hour one you're barely crawling through it right there's just it's you, you never know and you sometimes you just have to jump in and and let the cards you know let the cards fall as they may
1: yeah, and even in the race that I qualified in, um, it was a two loop swim, and the water was pretty rough. And you had to like, um, you had to walk out, kind of run out to get to the uh, where the waves were breaking. And uh, as I was coming in and started, you know, after swimming, I put my foot down to start running into the beach, and I had the worst calf cramp of my life. And I was like, I don't know if I can get to shore. And then I was like limping on the beach and having to uh, make it back out again. And I was really struggling with the calf cramp and it bothered me all day long. Uh, but, you know, that was, and I still had the best race of my life. So you just can't let little things bother you. And I could have just pulled out, you know, once that happened because I was really struggling. Um, but, you know, it took a lot of uh, aspirin or Tylenol and it wasn't as bad and taped it up and, and uh, got through the day and had a great day. So even you know, it's very hard to have that perfect race. And you know, and as a CEO, you want to see things as efficiently as possible. I'm kind of a uh, drives my family crazy, but you know, I want things to be done efficiently. And uh, and so it's very easy to to get on yourself if you think like that in an Ironman, um, if you, because it's very hard to do everything perfect. And and what I found is. The more I'm exercising, the stupider I get Uh, just because I don't think the blood gets to the brain as easily when you're, you know, swimming and biking and running as hard as you can. So I've made it's very easy to make mental errors. Um, And uh, you just have to think about the fact that you're probably not at your best when you're (laughs) when you're in the middle of uh, a race or training mentally. Um, But uh, you just have to try to keep focused.
0: No, and one of the, I think the calf I could do okay with the cramping. I think the the crank thing clunking every time would drive me absolutely berserk.
1: Yeah, that, that I was really pissed off. Yeah. I mean, I was just gone. I was just, uh, it really messes with your head when you can't get away from it. And I was like trying to find cars so I wouldn't have to hear it. Right. and I stopped and tried to fix it, but I mean, you can't fix a bottom bracket in the middle of a race.
0: <laughs> oh, as much as you want to, right? As, yeah. as much as you're like, oh, I'm done, I'm done. But this has been awesome, Ross. I appreciate it. We're coming up here on over a half an hour. Where can people find out more about you, what you're doing, if they want to get in touch with you? How should they do that?
1: Um, sure. I'm on uh, Twitter at uh, at DSCC Ross. Um, you can also send me an email, rossadamyoung at gmail.com. Happy to uh, share some of the lessons of my uh, mistakes and experiences uh, with anybody that's interested. Um, you know, I think endurance sports are a great way to lose weight and a great way to, uh, to stay in shape. But, you know, they're really hard on your joints. Eventually, you're going to wear the joints down. So try to uh, keep things within reason. Uh, especially as you get older, those would be some of the uh, lessons that I could pass on.
0: Perfect. Perfect. No. And I really appreciate it. And your stories are inspiring of pushing through some adversity in sport as well as business. So thanks for being part of this, Ross. It's, it's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you, Ken. Appreciate it.
0: And if anyone has any questions, comments, or feedback, feel free to reach out to me at Ken of the athletes.com Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, but more importantly, go out there, keep crushing it, making it happen each and every day. Thanks for listening.